Welcome, one and all, to the Revolutionary Wrestling Podcast for our live reactions to AEW Winter is Coming. I am the devilishly handsome outlaw himself, your king of extreme, Phil KOE, joined by my indomitable and elated broadcast partner, the one and only... I'm Tony fucking G. Like, share, subscribe. Uh, I don't know about elated. Oh, amazing event we just saw. Sure, it was an event. Historic. It was an event. Historic. <sighs> okay. So, great way to try and round out 2020, uh, I will say, I guess. Uh, I wanted to do this uh, Dynamite specifically before the end of the year because it did shape up to have some pretty impactful matches on it, uh, considering MJF had to defend the diamond ring and the world title was on the line. That was really about it, though, when it really came down to it. I mean, they continued some storylines, but the tag titles weren't on the line. They were barely mentioned. The TNT title wasn't even visible on this show. Uh, the women's title was a uh, 30-second backstage segment. So I feel like they dropped the ball just a little bit in terms of really making this a special big episode of Dynamite. So I'm, I'm a little disappointed in that regard uh in the other regard the matches but we're gonna go down those they were uh they were something folks yeah. they were quite something so we had the uh battle royal um uh, now there was the wardlow protecting mjf which is really nice hey justin hey justin Thanks welcome to the show it. sir yeah, I got a kick out of it. Like, when this thing started, I don't even know how many people started out in the ring, but you had, uh, once the smoke cleared a little bit, you had Guevara and MJF both hiding in the corner, ducking down, Wardlow just standing there imposing. I'm like, okay, getting a kick out of it. But I'm paying attention to three guys not moving more than I'm paying attention to Matt Hardy stumble around the ring. And uh, yeah, that was about it. Miro was in there. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Joey Janela was in there. One of the guys from Private Party was in there. Orange Cassidy was in there. Uh, there was what nothing happening. Really here. made this match was like the last two minutes of it was about. Uh, it. Yeah, you didn't need any more than that because Which you knew was what was going to happen. Orange MJF. Cassidy hitting Wardlow with the punches, uh, and now yeah. we have freshly squeezed Orange Cassidy against MJF. Truly the rock and Austin of our era. We didn't predict this show because how could you? But I, I expected MJF to win, but then right as the bell was sounding, I, right, the final two will meet. I gave it next three week. stars. You gave it two. You were not. Uh, no, I gave it. Yeah, no, you gave it two and a half. I gave it two. Oh, okay. You're looking at a much different match that I don't want to talk about. Yeah, I gave it two and a half because it was fun. <sighs> It was. I know, didn't love it. I, I thought, okay, maybe it gets down to Guevara and MJF, and they can have a one-on-one. -on -one. like the Hangman Page almost got eliminated. Then the Dork Order saves him, and uh, that that was it. And then he gets dumped three seconds later. I so don't know that why. Was, <laughs> that was great storytelling there, guys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just brilliance. But I don't know why we're committed to ruining <laughs> MJF in 2020. I mean, I understand that's the year to destroy everything, but MJF was one of the things that, like, kept me coming back to AEW weekly and they've really gone out of their way to try to bring him down in terms of quality pairing him with Jericho in the inner circle who's been a comedy act for most of the year 
and now you have him going up against Orange Cassidy next week. And I'm, I'll be free. I'm not looking forward to that at all. I, at all. I think it's going to be very uh, offensive to somebody who's a fan of MJF. I'm probably going to like it. Yeah, you probably will, but you're MJF is going to find a way to be brilliant in this, and you know it. Sure, of course he will. You know what? You know what he should do? He should come out and kick him in the balls. Pin him. That's the match. Don't do because I've seen Orange Cassidy shtick. It's the Put same his hands match. in the pockets and yeah, kick him in the it's balls. It's the same match every time. I don't need to see have Wardlow distract the referee. Yeah, I don't need to see it. Kick him in the balls while his hands are in his pockets. Perfect. I don't need to see Orange Cassidy shtick. I've seen it enough this year. Moving right along, uh, Jericho versus Frankie Kazarian. I've been a fan of Kazarian's for many a year, and he's a damn fine mechanic in the ring. You're going to get a good match out of him. Jericho, as we've been saying for a while now, he will give you a three-star match no matter what. Well, 2020 is when that all changed, and uh, you'll get a good two-star match out of him unless the opponent is top shelf. Now, I do want – the one thing that really did break it for me was when uh, Jake Hager – um, oh. grabbed the ankle right in front of Aubrey, just buried the ref. She had to dive under the ring and pretend like she couldn't see what was going on. Yeah, she did as best as she could, but I also, at one point, was like, hmm, are we watching a Lumberjack match? Because there's a lot of people around rings, yeah, and the ref's not doing anything about it. Out, the rest of the inner circle are there. It just, it got really contrived. MJF was thinking about... Throwing the towel for Jericho. Guevara stops him from doing it. They get in a fight. But uh, you didn't even notice it. Jericho finally gets out of the submission. Somehow manages to hit the Judas effect on Kazarian. Gets the win. It, it just it was Best very contrived. spinning back elbow there is, apparently. Like, John Jones got nothing on Jericho. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, he's he's amazing. So I gave it two. I gave it two. It wasn't good. It, it was, was a two-star match. Sloppy. We both said two at the same time, weirdly enough. It was like, two-two. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's just it this inner circle thing has just went from they were a feared faction to comedy act to now they're barely wrestling and when they do it's not good. I I don't love MJF being handcuffed to it. I hope things change. We'll see what the ultimatum next week. <sighs> Moving Tony, along. I mean the inner circle could break up. I mean, there's been yeah. some pretty intense breakups. The Beatles breaking up. I, uh, the breakup of the USSR. Jericho's been the involved. The smashing in pumpkins breaking up. The inner circle breaking up. Like, Tony, this could be Kevin good. Owens and Jericho breaking up was way more impactful than anything the inner circle will ever do. Sorry. Oh, not sorry. Uh, then there was a backstage segment with the Bucks. Oh, it was amazing. Uh, you know, them doing their just amazing uh, mic work that is so compelling and convincing that I, was, I almost shut I was it sold. there. Uh, then a team called the acclaimed came out did some really bad rapping john cena is a better rapper they referenced the bucks new book where they're looking at each other's dicks which was like a joke from the jim Cornette show which pretty much every week somebody from aw chimes in hey jim said this we gotta get him for that so, yeah. so they got that in well you got him by keep mentioning him on national yeah. television yeah. you show him I guess that's their way. If you want to teach me any lessons, yeah. AW, teach like, us you know, all talk, lessons talk about Phil Kaywee and how awesome he is, too. That's how they thank him every week for giving them an extra 200,000 viewers, but I digress. Uh, the Hybrid 2 jumps the Bucks from behind in a really bad attack, and then for no good reason, SCU saved them. 
We'll probably get like a stupid eight-man tag because we just love those in AEW. Uh, Britt Baker was up next. Uh, Thank God. Yes. uh, She's not the greatest wrestler, but she's a damn fine worker. Uh, she went up against uh, Ronda Rousey off Wishdog, or sorry, uh, Layla Hirsch. Um, <laughs> it was not a good match. I'm sorry. The she styles... did look like a legit, like actual grappler, which she is did. nice. That's fine. Uh, but uh, she, you can tell that she's actually got some amateur wrestling or MMA fighting mm-hmm. skills. She's trained in some form of actual combat sport, but she was very undersized compared to Baker. Oh, yeah, she's very, so little. She's very lanky and like tall, where Layla's she's short here. stocky. It was, it was like me and Phil, well, you know, maybe in high school, a lot less robust myself. But, uh, yeah, it just, it, well, usually size isn't that big of a deal, but stylistically they didn't match up great, and there was a really bad spot where she flipped Layla over and delivered a sidekick to the face, and I'll be frank, you've given me better super kicks. Um, Justin, Chris, uh, there's some good to be found in AEW. Definitely some good matches worth watching. Uh, I would recommend yeah. watching uh, from last year, Cody versus Dustin. Uh, 2019 match of the year. So well, your match of the year, but I don't. Well, the match of the year. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's yeah, other yeah. people with wrong opinions. Yeah, it was still AJ versus Seth Rollins in 2019, but that's fine. Oh. Uh, what uh, what ended up happening? Britt Baker gets the win. That's the right call. She's she, push her to the moon. She's again, she's not the best women's wrestler, but she is a great worker, and that puts her light years ahead of most of the other women in the division. They had to outsource to the NWA women's division to get good women's wrestlers. And of course, speaking of Thunder Rosa comes out, and there's a big kerfuffle with her and. Uh, Reba, and it's just amazing. I like how she doesn't even sell anything. Reba no. does like Reba, like tried to hit it for him. No, Thunder Rose, just like, What are you doing, kid? I'm not selling anything. No, you. you're terrible. No, so yeah, I guess we're gonna have I'm guessing like a tag match between Layla and uh Thunder Rose Thank against God. Baker and Reba. Thank God, yeah, it's what we needed finally. I mean, at least. Thunder Rosa's in there, so there's... Yeah, at one point they were hyping up next week, and there was a match announced. Uh, Dustin Rhodes versus 10 of the Dark Order. I'm like, finally! Fucking finally! Thank God. you! Like, I've been, basically since the inception of AEW, I've been waiting for that match. Uh, Dustin versus 10. Oh, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. But, you know, he's got a pretty good chance against Dustin, because when Dustin was in WCW, he was 7. And... Seven is not as much as ten. So you see, ten could just run away with it. That is a hell of a reference there, Phil. (laughs) Give me credit on that one. I'm probably the only one that's going to get that, but I I give you credit. That's that's pretty good. If we were scoring this, I'd give you almost a half a point. Um, The next match was uh, uh, Cody Rhodes and Darby (laughs) Allin against Team Taz, Powerhouse Hobbs, and Ricky Starks. And this is where things kind of picked up a little bit. Uh, Powerhouse Hobbs turned heel last week or the week before. I'm getting a little lost in AEW's uh, storyline because they do too. But uh, Heels and faces don't matter. No, matter. two weeks ago he turned heel. He had a match last week. But he changed from Will Hobbs to Powerhouse Hobbs. They had an interesting dynamic because Ricky Starks is a really good worker. He's good on the mic, and he's really good pretty fluid in the ring whereas Hobbs is a powerhouse guy so and that's that's it he's just powerhouse that's it so it was good to have that plus you got Cody who's a great mechanic in the ring and Darby who does some really flashy stuff so there's a good dynamic here uh, this could have gone a hell of a lot longer Cody didn't get 
a ton of time in the ring, but the match itself didn't get overly contrived until afterwards, which is usually not the case for a Cody hey, Rhodes now, match. Now, here's the thing. What happened after the match, um, at that point, Arn Anderson comes out, and he comes, and he bravely starts laying in just Muhammad Ali-like shots. And then he gets held with his arms behind his back. He gets kicks and knife-edge chops. He bravely eats every one of them. Then down comes Dustin Rhodes for the save. And Brian and he, Cage comes Afterwards, out. and at that point, I was saying, boy, I don't know why people say Cody matches are a bit busy. But then... Understatement. It... All got washed away in a beautiful cleansing wave of Sting. Sting is here. Sting is in AEW. Sting is here. He will get to actually wrestle his retirement match. It is here, folks. You were here to see it. Sting is back. Oh, my God. Did you know that Sting was here, Tony? For me, like, Sting didn't impact the match. And he was in the ring with Arn Anderson at the same time. Time, my God! So, the match itself, I gave it three. I'll contain myself. I gave it three. It was all right. It could have gone a little longer. I gave it a conservative 3.75. Just because, you know, hey, I won't break the four-star barrier, but 3.75 in terms of impact and even quality. Darby Allen was actually doing quite quite a bit of good in the ring, and then Sting afterwards... Hold it. Here, let's, give, let's, me, give me the pencil. And he's holding his baseball bat like this while he's staring Cody down. And then he goes and he gets face to face with Darby. Tony, it was Sting. Sting so was here. Here was Sting. The gist of Sting coming out was Team Taz is beating the crap out of the Nightmare family. And all of a sudden you get the standard blackout in the arena, which AEW does basically weekly. It shows a winter scene on the Yeah, like some melodramatic music and some scenes. I'm like, who's this? And, and you just then, keep watching. I'm like, is it Sting? And literally, like, a half a second later, bang, 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 bang Sting. Here comes Sting. Now, Team Taz is gone. Like, they just, they bailed because it's Sting. So then you've got well, what, what, Arn you? Anderson, you've got Cody, you've got Dustin, and you've got Darby in the ring in each four quarter. Sting basically, like Phil said, he gets in the face of each one individually and intimidates them now. So what's his beef with Team Taz that they ran away? And why is he intimidating Cody and Tony, didn't Sting has always sense. been the ethereal force of justice in wrestling. So I will sense. not hear that it, it was necessary. He will always be there for the baby face hey, save hey, at the end of the if show. If it wasn't for Sting's debut like this would have been probably one of the worst episodes of Dynamite. That I well, I'm sorry. We still have more history to cover, but folks, well, in case you didn't know, in case you're unaware, Sting is in AEW. Yeah, probably their biggest get. He'll get oh, Let's yeah. be frank. Like, there's no bigger get he, than He's going to get a proper retirement now. and I'm, all I'm guessing from Cody? I'm hoping from Cody. Or Darby. One of the two is going to retire Sting. God. Darby would make sense if you honestly want to think about it that way. Honestly, you could get a year out of this. You do 
one-off feud with Darby in which Sting gets the W. Okay. Darby gets to say he got to have a program with Sting. It's going to bring him up. Sting gets the W, so he has momentum going into a match against Cody Rhodes, and that's the retirement match. Sure. So that that would be how I would uh, <laughs> I uh, would book that. Justin Chris says I'll probably watch now. Well, yeah, I mean it's, uh, yeah, it's fucking Sting. Sting. Yeah. I mean what? So uh, yeah. uh, it's, so it's it's different. It's not WWE, which I mean, yeah, WWE's. You know what you're so, getting. So, <laughs> considering that it did have Sting, Tony, are you sure you don't want to No, I'm going with three because I'm basing the match I saw, which is a Well, I'm basing match. the entire presentation because we've done it with the Hell in a Cell main event last year. We took the whole presentation no, together, that and that was part of the match. The finish was part of the match. Which also, strangely enough, that match also had an AEW champ. Hey! Bring it all back around. But That was... So then we had Sheeta being scared of a bag. Yeah, yeah, this was uh, so last week on Impact or Impact. We'll get to that. The Kingdom last of week on Dynamite. Last week on Dynamite, uh, Abaddon came out after Sheeta's match and scared her. She spits blood and she crawls around like a zombie. Oh, it's my. awkward. I'm very scared. Uh, so this week. They're ripping off an angle from NXT currently in the works where uh, Cameron Grimes is scared of uh, Dexter Loomis. So now uh, Sheeta, who can barely speak English, is given lines in English that you can tell she has no idea how to convey to the audience, where she's basically pretending to not be scared of Abaddon, but she is. Something bumped off screen. Oh, oh, can we finish this later? And she runs away. I must say, uh, Hikaru Sheeta... I really do believe the fear. Like yeah. I mean, she totally sells me on it. Like I am sold yeah. that this is legitimate emotion. Yeah. Uh, so then we move on to the main event. Yeah. Kenny Omega challenges one Jonathan Moxley Esquire. I'm not sure if that's true. For the AEW World Heavyweight. Championship. This is why I wanted to watch this because I'm like this. Oh, we haven't even rated it yet. No, we haven't. We can give them on air. Uh, this is why I wanted to watch this week's episode live because, like, this could be that singles match that really drives home AEW for the year. Like, this it is could. it because they don't have another pay per view until the end of like February when we have Revolution. So I was really excited for this. I mean, the build was a little quick. I think they could have gotten a few more weeks out of this. I don't know why they rushed it. Guess we'll see. But here we are nonetheless. Oh, man. So this starts out really slow. It does. We went out. We went through a couple commercial breaks. Because, there were a few. Yeah, because it was a half an hour like, Yeah, there was the like end. three commercial breaks during this. Yeah, week. and wow. This was really slow. This was really slow. And then it started picking up, you know, when when they went out of the ring. Which is not saying much for John Moxley match because it always goes out of the ring. Almost immediately. And once it got out of the ring, we're sitting here going, oh, my God. Like, it wasn't apparent before. It was. But, like, it's glaringly apparent here. Nobody gives a shit about the rules. The refs are buried in every match. The refs up to like a six hundred count. Like, come on, yeah. We, we were kind of making we were making the joke during one of the matches about doing a six hundred. Like, don't you know, Tony? 
That's rule in AEW. The ref has to honor a 600 count outside yeah. the ring. And that's how you actually know when it's time to come back. He rolled back in and rolled out. And then there was like another three minutes went by. And finally, the ref has to like pretend, come on, please, get back in the ring. He's like, quit burying me so hard. Like, I thought the ref was supposed to be important, too. So but then yeah. they get a, he does like a, no, excuse me, this happened first. He delivers the paradigm shift, the double arm DDT, his finish. He delivers it. Doesn't cover. In the middle of the match. Delivers it. Hits it. And then just stops. Gets all angry. Gets bad. Could have went for the pin. Could have won. Right there. Yeah. Goes no. out of the ring. Goes get some chairs. Gets two chairs. From out from out of the ring. Ringside. Oh, God. We're going to Throws them into the match. They're both sitting in chairs. He, he props the chairs up adjacent from each other. He sits in a chair. He wakes Mark or wakes Omega up. Omega stumbles to sit in the chair, and then they do this. They have the sequel to Sissy Boy Slap Fight Two. Yes, literally, we, we both had the same thought. Like, oh my god, this is Sissy Boy Slap Fight Two. It's the sequel. And if you don't know what Sissy Boy Slap Fight is, all you Kenny Omega marks. Go look on YouTube. Sissy Boy Slap Fight's an independent film that Kenny Omega starred in back in the day. You'll never be able to look at him the same again. But they did this spot. After Moxley hits him with his finisher, he puts him in a chair. They slap each other, they punch each other, then they wrestle a little bit more. Uh, then Kenny Omega hits Phil, the Tiger Driver 98. Which, thank you know, here's the problem. It wasn't able to get the three count, so apparently it was only a Tiger Driver 97. If he would have hit a Tiger Driver 99 or even a 20. If he hit a 2,000. Yeah, a 100. This would have been over. 2,000. How Easily. do you want to look at that? Easily. But then they end up back out of the ring, of course, because of course they did. He hits like a double arm suplex match. to Omega into the ring Heater side thing. And they, they called that the paradigm shift. Because he did it another time in the ring where it's basically just a double underhook suplex. Oh, no, yeah. He hit a second finisher in the ring before this and got a two count. Yep. Then he hits his finisher again at ringside into some heating unit. And that the, then they call down extra referees to check on Omega. And then Don Callis, who's on commentary. Comes down to check on Kenny Omega. Holy shit, guys. If some guy that was marginally popular during the Attitude Era is on his way to the ring. You know it's serious. It, this might be serious. Like, they might even put a Band-Aid on this boo-boo. Okay? Yeah. Like, that's... Moxley finally gets annoyed with this. Uh, grabs Kenny, throws him back in the ring. Don Callis, uh, who, who used to be... Cyrus. Thank you. He's an impact wrestling executive now, apparently, in some sort. What was that uh, stable he ran? In WWF. Yeah. It was uh, the Oddities. Also, oh, before that, it was yes. the Truth Commission. There we go. That's the one I was after. Yep, the Truth yeah. Commission. And he was Cyrus the Virus in ECW. Yes. We, yeah, yeah. Representing the network. Yeah, we, we had fun. That was a brilliant idea on ECW. Make the network your heel so they'll want to advertise you more. Yeah, because they were doing such a good job of that. Yeah. Anyway, Don Callis is still ringside. And for some reason, he's arguing with the referee. Moxley goes over and hits him. And then, for no good reason his jacket explodes with rose petals. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's laying there like it's a scene from American Beauty or yeah. something. 
Rose Covered pedals rose everywhere. Pedals. So we were kind of joking, like, boy, sometimes these guys really overthink their stuff. Like, and then I'll be laying there yeah. rose petals, and it'll represent the White the dust. wilting of the flower that is your Dubs championship reign, John Moxley. Yeah, it got really contrived. Kenny gets the microphone <laughs> that Callus kind of chucked in, I guess, and then he bleeds everywhere. And he bleeds a, a little shot. bit. Uh, not to change the subject, but when your internet works, I got to say, damn you guys look fact. Well, I mean, let's be frank. Whether my internet is working, barely working, if you can get even just a few pixels through of my beautiful face, I'm going to look great no matter what. So, That's But fair. thank you. Thank you uh, for the, the marvelous praise. Sir. So Omega finally busts Moxley open. He hits the one-winged angel. One, two, three. New. AEW World Heavyweight Champion, only the third in its inception. And I got to say, timing of the title changes and crownings have all basically been really off. I feel like this should have waited. But then for no reason, Callus and Omega our attention. bail. Like they bail out of the arena. I think it was Marvez tries to get in there. What are you, what's going on? At this Why point, when he was this? halfway out the arena, Tony and I, like Tony kind of like, oh, no. Is this going to tie an impact in some I way? I said I hope they're buying impact. Maybe that'll make sense. That I'd actually be interested I don't in think Khan is actually going to fork out the cash to buy impact. Why not? I he's think forking he's, out cash for I think he's just going to use Mike his wrestler. Side. Like, isn't, uh, isn't one of ADA, or Impact's big events coming up in January? Isn't uh, Bound for Glory that month? Uh, or that used to be in October. I don't know anymore. I haven't watched Impact in years. Yeah, yeah. But so they that, bail. And I'm as guessing that's leaving, the actual AEW January event is whatever Impact happened. So what they've got coming up, as they're getting into the SUV to bail out on the show, Callis says, tune in this Tuesday to find out the answers. And Marvez's like, but Dynamite's on Wednesdays. And he goes, Yeah. And then they leave. Impact. Yep. So now you got so to tune into Impact you've got on AEW Impact know, Axis Invasion. I think they said Axis is what Impact's on. Whatever. So now I've I got to find it. Axis. I'll, I'll if watch I have the it. YouTube highlights afterwards. There you go. That's what. So Tony, what do you give this masterpiece? The match of wrestling science and psychology. What would you give this on a five star scale? And will you be able to keep it under five? Easily. Uh, I was honestly very disappointed with this match. Like, I wanted this to be my big AEW singles match for the year. I really had high hopes for this. I'm like, finally, like, Omega's letting himself and they're letting him be that Kenny Omega from Japan. Like, this could be the fucking start of it. It didn't happen here. It, it was an okay match. Uh, three stars. I'm going to give it three and a half. It was a good match. Yep. Um, like I said, it could have shifted some more gears. It wasn't even as good as the last time these two guys wrestled. I didn't uh, like that match. I did. I know Not you Not even Dave Meltzer liked their death match. Well, good for Dave. He finally called something honestly. I wish you'd uh, start doing that. <laughs> oh, you get nothing but honesty here. Dave, he's just going to basically try and keep himself relevant. So, oh, snap. Is he even doing that? Uh, mixed results. Uh, but also, T, you're going to need to refill your glass for this because yeah. um, 
We also, folks, have some unfortunate news that we need to... Uh, yeah, this broke earlier today. And it broke our hearts. Um, yeah. The passing of one Pat Patterson, the first ever Intercontinental Champion. The, the brainchild behind the Royal Rumble match. One of the brainchilds behind the Attitude Era. Yeah. One of the... One of the great on-air stooges, him and Gerald oh, it's, Briscoe. Uh, an on-air staple of old-school wrestling during its uh, heyday. Yes. In the 90s, the yeah. Attitude Era. And the winner of the prestigious Rio de Janeiro tournament to crown him Intercontinental Champion. Yeah, it, uh, Pat Patterson, <laughs> who was unfortunately here because of some... Let's just assume under the table, uh, 401k envelope handing off, I'm guessing. Well, he had cancer, so he was stepping away. That's unfortunate still, he succumbed to that. But Mr. It was Patterson, still an unfortunate way that they released him. And then, of course, this tragic loss in the wrestling world. Yeah, it, it's a loss for all of us. But to you, Mr. Patterson, thank you for all the memories, sir. Indeed. And, yeah, there... It's kind of strange that people that you don't even know have an impact on your life. Pat Patterson, he was a main focal point of Raw during the McMahon-Austin feud. Like, you can think about it in the background. Like, Pat Patterson and, like, Gerald Briscoe were always kind of a part of that storyline. And they were there for some of the greatest drawing numbers in professional wrestling television history. They were there for that. Like, you can say, sure, they were in the background, but they were a focal point in most weeks. They were integral parts of the story. They were there to eat the stunner more than off, more oh, yeah. often than not from week to week. So Vince Mann got away, but at least yeah. somebody ate a stunner that week. I mean, even during, you know, you're talking about guys who were retirement age when they were doing it, but the Gerald Briscoe and he had evening gown matches, two old men having lingerie wrestling matches. And we were still getting, you know, Fives on the Nielsen ratings during these weeks. Yeah, uh, he <laughs> he uh, was a tremendous mind. And also a, another thing that was so fascinating about his life was when Tony and I were very young, Pat Patterson was the first person we were ever aware of as a gay person. We did not yeah. know who, like, this was the first time we'd ever been exposed to such a thing. Yeah, and Pat cool. was just such a beloved person, and it was one of those, if you were smartened up in the industry just enough, you would know about it, but it was an open secret. Yeah, yeah. if you were an internet smart like we were during the infancy of the internet and the wrestling uh, relevancy to it, we knew it, but we also understood it was just something that wasn't discussed, because even back then it wasn't something you talked about openly, and people kind of respected that. It wasn't something that he was waving a flag about. Yeah, yeah, and he he kind of kept it to himself, but like I said, it was an open secret, and it was yeah. the first time we were he ever... wasn't ashamed of it. Us, you know, a couple of Midwestern folks were ever even exposed to, like, yeah, you know, we were in a town at the time, less than 2,000 people. Yeah. Uh, so it was, you know, just a different concept to us that there, you know, that was the first time we were aware that there's other paths that other people take to try to attain happiness. Yeah, to say life. we lived a sheltered life is a bit of an understatement. Yeah, and he was, uh, but yeah, so that was that point of entry to that entire way of life yeah. was 
good old Pat. Like we all loved Pat Patterson. And so it was one of those like, well, you know, I'm sorry. Like he's a great guy. So obviously this is a, you know, this is, can't be a bad thing, obviously. So well, that you was, know, the flip side of that coin was gold dust. That was a work. Yeah, that was a work. Yeah. <laughs> Dustin Runnels was, he was given an unfortunate gimmick. Yeah. yeah. Pat never, you know, kind of played up to any of that. He was just no. Pat, Patterson and it was great and yeah. he was uh, it was sexuality say, didn't matter way before sexuality didn't matter uh, yeah yeah that's a great way of putting it and it was kind of one of those things that like it wasn't talked about very much in the 90s but like in the 90s yeah. if you were in the world of wrestling you were kind of I don't know how to, you're kind of ahead of the curve in terms well, of even, acceptance because things, some of your most beloved people in the industry oh, yeah. you know they they themselves were homosexual. Well, even even things like The Simpsons, if you look back, it's pretty cringeworthy when The Simpsons even started to foray into the world of LGBTQ. I mean, it that that's that's even yeah. way more cringeworthy than some of the stuff in the wrestling world, if you can believe that. I can because yeah. I watched it all. Uh, so, Pat, you lived an interesting life that touched and influenced a lot of people that you would have never known or never met like i don't i don't remember hearing like if you talk if you listen to shoot interviews or podcasts from the wrestling world have you ever heard anybody say anything bad about pat patterson or has it always been pat was one of the most laid back approachable knowledgeable and influential people that they had the pleasure he was the finish guy if you needed to know how to get the best finish to get the best reaction pat patterson was like even vince mcmahon trusted pat patterson above all else tony and i went to the royal rumble earlier this year a match invented by pat patterson so again this is a man who without our even knowing had a tremendous impact on our lives and so one more time i'm gonna raise my glass to you pat patterson you have uh gone home and you are now in the loving arms of those who loved you before so thank you your journey is complete your suffering is over your battle is won thank you mr patterson legend and i think it's only fitting that we're both drinking irish whiskey considering his name was patterson i mean come on there's probably a little bit of irish in there i'm gonna say at least 50 percent Probably at least. Yeah. So, folks, I think this is the right time. Yes. This has been an amazing uh, review of AEW, and it's also been a fitting and touching tribute to one Pat Patterson. So, as I'm known to say around here, all that being said, this has been our review, reaction, and our coming together of the Revolutionary Wrestling Podcast. All of our varying people that love to watch it, the audience, thank you for coming together. I am your King of Extreme, Phil KOE, signing off and handing it off to my indomitable broadcast partner. Your seven-time champ, Tony fucking G. Join us back here later this month for WWE TLC. Hit that subscribe button. Get the notifications. And I promise you, it's going to be a good one no matter how bad the card sucks. And, of course... Oh, the most important battle this year. But before we get to that, we got one more comment. Good seeing both. Yeah, I'll thank you, Justin. But the most important battle this year coming up 
will be Tony versus Phil KOE year in review. This will be, be it's going to be, oh, things are going to get heated. Tempers are going to flare. But you are going to be here to see it, folks. The year in review 2020. Quite a year to review. We got about 10 categories this year, and we're going to try to streamline it to make it serviceable. <laughs> but uh, I can't promise anything from him. But it's going to be a good one. Podcasters talking about wrestling. Yeah, that'll, that, that'll be brief. Uh, now, you mean, this is what you come here for is to basically see, you know, the glory that is Phil KOE, and also to see Tony G, you know, Reclaim try to attain retain the king title. of extreme level yeah. glory. It, it, it will happen someday. That's what so, I do. Folks, thank you for joining us. Seven-time champ. Uh, for now. TLC will turn that all around, folks. So, folks, thank you for joining us. Please like, share, subscribe. Like, share, subscribe over at me at KOE Nation 2. And also head on over to Big Bucket Entertainment for the Dog and Chicken Show. Because, Facebook, YouTube, which we're going to be we're going to be Twitch. live there tomorrow. Yes, uh, tomorrow yeah, night. The re the the comeback <laughs> of Thirsty Thursday after Thanksgiving weekend kicked all of our asses pretty hard. So, all right, folks, thank you for joining us. We'll and see you tomorrow behalf, night, and we'll see you later this month. Yeah, for Revolutionary Wrestling Podcast. Later, folks. <laughs>